Welcome to Hashtags and Stilettos with Sakita Holly, the podcast that's like having your own personal publicist in your pocket, sharing business, lifestyle, and PR tips on demand. Today's guest is Tahira Wright. Tahira is the co-founder of The Cut Life, a blog and digital platform created in June 2013 to celebrate all things related to short hair. The Cut Life has a massive online fan base that recently crossed the 1 million follower mark on Instagram. The Cut Life team has created merchandise, partnered with several major beauty brands, and they show no signs of slowing down anytime soon. I brought Tahira on the show today to talk about the steps that they took to build their digital community and how they plan to turn that community into a booming business. Welcome to the show, Tahira. Thank you, Sakita, for having me. So we're just going to jump right into it. Two and a half years, one million followers on Instagram. First, congratulations. But when you hear these stats, like what what goes through your mind? Well, thank you. Um disbelief <laughs> it's a, it's a it's a bit surreal um because with this idea i never imagined that you know 10,000 people 100,000 people 500,000 people and mm. now a million people and growing would even care about this but clearly you know, short hair and the short hair lifestyle is something that a lot of women especially relate to. Um, mm-hmm. And we're just glad that we could be at the forefront of the movement. Yeah. And I've read that you came up with the initial name and concept for The Cut Life when you couldn't find anything out there to help you navigate your own short hair lifestyle. It took you about, uh, I believe, a week from conception to launch. At that time, were you thinking about all the business possibilities or were you just trying to fill a void by creating something that you needed? Um, It was more so filling a void and there was a bit of awareness in regards to business opportunities because I had a I have a friend mm-hmm. um, Kimberly Walker who works okay. for a beauty brand and I did run the idea by her first and I said hey this name the cut life came to mind I want to do like short hair inspiration what do you think and she immediately said you need to move forward with this mm-hmm. because there's nothing out there like it and being that she was currently you know in the beauty space she knew all of the bloggers and the content that was out there and just didn't see anything like this so she definitely encouraged me and said hey I'm sure even from the brands that I work with I could get you sponsorship and partnerships as this grows and she held true Mm-hmm. to her word like the first brand that ever sponsored anything for us was our launch event in August of 2013 and it was a brand that she worked for so okay. there was some you know interest in creating a business but never to the extent that it's become now it was really mm-hmm. just like let's put this idea out there and just kind of see what happens right when you say Kimberly Walker I you're talking about the I don't want to just call her a video videographer because she's like multi-talented are we talking about the same person yes she's a a screenwriter she's everything yes she's awesome so shout out to you Kim first of all shout out to you you're you're great 
She's great. Okay, well, that's, I love that, you know, everybody needs somebody in their circle like that who can, you know, one, you can bounce ideas off of, but who says, okay, yes, you should do it. And here's the thing that I can do to contribute to, to making that happen. So love, love, love that, that origin story. So how has your vision for the cut life changed and what type of business are you looking to build now, like for the long term as you look ahead? Well, I think the biggest way that it's changed is to even view what was originally a page for inspiration as now it now it's a business mm. and we want to be considered the authority, you know, for short hair, which is saying a lot. So right. for us, it's about um, original content creation now with our mm-hmm. blog and our YouTube page. It's about strategic partnerships with brands and really focusing on partnering with brands that we believe in to, you know, create new content for our audience. And then also we learned that it wasn't just about short hair inspiration, but it was also about being a platform for hairstylists. Mm. So we're very conscious of building relationships with stylists and celebrating the great work that they do. Um, we actually re- recently launched our directory on March 1st. Okay. Um, the cut life directory.com. And it's basically a subscription based listing of the best stylists and we're not allowing just anyone to sign up. We vet every application that comes through and we're making sure that these are people that we can stand behind as far as, you know, referrals are concerned. Mm-hmm. Cause we feel that people look at our page for a certain level of quality. So we want any brand extension to definitely reflect that. that, Yes. Mm -hmm. So I want to be clear about something. So the cut life directory.com is subscription based. That cost is for the stylist and not the consumer. Correct. Yes. That's correct. Okay. Cause you basically want to ensure that you're getting that quality from the people who are advertising or sharing their services. Exactly. Okay. So again, the cut life directory.com. If you need a stylist or somebody that, you know, that can handle short hair, go there they got you covered or if you are a stylist and you want more exposure and you want to people to be able to find you because there isn't a day that goes by that we don't get asked for recommendations for Mm. stylists all around the country even internationally as well um Toronto, um, the UK is big for us. We're okay. always getting people asking for stylist recommendations. Okay, awesome. And at the time you started the Cut Life, you also ran a, a PR firm called Branded PR. Are you still doing PR, or are you now running the Cut Life full time? Now it's about the Cut Life full time. I actually um, stopped taking on any clients. Um, the end of 2014 was like when I sort of put PR to the side. Mm -hmm. Um, however, you know, PR to me was always, um, a stepping stone for other things that I wanted to do. I Mm -hmm. feel like I'm an an entrepreneur at heart. So, Mm -hmm. um, with that, I, am getting into some brand management consulting. It's kind of like a natural thing for me. Mm -hmm. Right. But I'm not really focused on it a hundred percent, just kind of planting some seeds because I'm always thinking about the future and you know how things can roll out. But for now, yes, the cut life is the number one priority. Okay. Okay. And how old was your firm at that time? And was the decision to step away from that difficult? 
Yes um, <laughs> and no. Yes okay, and no. Okay. Um, when I stepped away from Brandon PR, I'm trying to get the dates together. So about six years old because mm-hmm. I started in t- 2008 and ended in 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I was in music and entertainment PR and okay. had long-term clients like Ludacris and Keisha Knight Pulliam and mm-hmm. working with brands. And so I think really though, before the Cut Life idea came to mind, I was already getting a little bit bored with what I was doing. And I don't mm-hmm. even want to say bored is the right word, but I did I wasn't feeling challenged enough. Mm-hmm. And I felt like there was more that I could be doing. Okay. And then even when it came down to like budgets for things that I really wanted to do, it just wasn't there. And yes. and at least within where you know, I'm living in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And so I felt that, you know, I became like a big fish in a small pond and mm. it kind of tapped out and not so creatively I was seeking something different. So when this idea came along and it started, you know, getting legs, it just made me really excited. And, you know, besides Keisha, the majority of my clients in PR were males because I was dealing within music and entertainment and it's very male dominated. And so it was so fun to transition into beauty and work with other women and, you know, even having to work with you with a lot of body and, you know, being able to experience that, you know, was like a whole new world. And I love it. That's awesome. And I, and I asked that question because I know a lot of people right now are in limbo, right? They've either started a business, but they feel that something pulling them away from it in a different direction, or they're at a job and they're kind of unhappy and there's that same thing at play going on. So what advice would you tell them about, you know, if they want to transition to something new or even something along the same lines, but they, they kind of are keeping both feet in on both sides of the, of the field? I think you have to trust your instincts and also do proper planning. And mm-hmm. I always say that a transition has to do with your lifestyle as well. Um, cause I'm single with no children, so I can right. kind of make certain decisions a lot faster because I'm only really considering myself, but someone who might have a family and other things going on, you know, you might want to like test the waters and, you know, hold on to that job or whatever you have that's bringing you income and then just start on that other venture and give it time to grow before you make the leap. Um, because every, like I said, everyone's lifestyle is different. If you're younger and have less responsibilities, then maybe you can just go out there and just start a business and Mm -hmm. sort of figure it out. But I think you have to just evaluate where you are, um, what you're passionate about, do your research. You know, I think you should always come at a place where you're identifying a niche and you're also um, looking at problem solving like Mm -hmm. is there a problem that you can solve with your business because that's where you're going to get that consumer base from because I think a lot of times people look at what other people are doing and say well if this person is making money selling waist trainers for instance (laughs) and no shade cut it out to here no shade no shade (laughs) at all but you know, this person is making a million dollars on waist trainers. So maybe I should do a waist trainer line and put my own label on it. But it's like, if that's really not what you're passionate about, Mm -hmm. you're just sort of reinventing the wheel and the likelihood of you, you know, capturing that same audience with a product that's already out there and successful. It's very slim, you know? So I think that people need to consider 
everything. And transitions are not easy. I mean, there's going to be growing pains. You're not going to just because something is a good idea in your mind doesn't mean it's a good idea to everyone else. So you just kind of have to test it out and see. Um, But yeah, you know, I, I came to a point where honestly, PR wasn't serving its purpose for me anymore. And it's like, well, if the income's not matching up with the work ethic that I'm putting out Come there. Come on now, tell the it, truth the, about it. <laughs> right. It's like, that's not really adding up. So I need right. to like do something else. And I find that, um, I always say that people will move with you based on the person that you are, because a lot of times it's not even really about the business that you have, but it's just the person that you are and people wanting to work with you. So I think that if you have a good reputation, if you're respected, if you're professional, if you're Mm -hmm. a kind person, people will be more willing to support what you're doing. Cause I know whether I went from PR to the cut life, a lot of friends, people in the industry that I Mm -hmm. knew were like, what is really going on? But (laughs) We know you and we know your work ethic. So right. we're, we're sure that you have it together, even though I didn't. But they're like, mm-hmm. we're sure you have it together and we'll rock with you because we know your track record and history. So, right. That's true. I always say that business is personal. You know, people you can you can have the best expertise and skill set in the world, but if people don't like you, if you don't have the right energy, if you're not trustworthy, if you don't have, you know, good integrity, people are not going to work with you. So I, I definitely think that's key. One of the other th- you talk you touched on planning, right? So when you were making this transition from your PR firm to the cut life full time, was the cut life already making money or did you kind of have some provision set to the side? for whatever that that initial uh, period would be well if you think well if you think about it so we launched the cut life in june of 2013 mm-hmm. and so i still did pr for an entire year right you know right. i didn't stop until the end of 2014 so i was still well really like a year and a half so i was still you know working on pr while i was doing the cut life and yes we started to see profit we were selling merchandise we started okay. getting into stylists advertisement with stylists we were doing brand we had brand partnerships going okay. so yeah we definitely were seeing revenue happen and it was enough to where i was like okay yeah this it makes sense to focus my energy here and then it just didn't hurt that I was so excited about it and not as excited about what I was doing in PR <laughs> right that it made it easier to slowly let it go so I would start referring clients out to other people and, mm-hmm. and eventually it became okay I'm ready to shut down my branded PR social media I'm ready to shut down my branded PR website and mm-hmm. kind of and just really focus my energy over here um and I mean some people may decide to keep their initial business and then just start a new one. It just depends right. on where you where you where you're at, but mm-hmm. I felt like with the growth of social media and I'm sure you can attest to it yep. that even though PR is valuable, I feel like it was losing its value in people's eyes, especially mm-hmm. within the industry that I was in. Now maybe right. in consumer goods or corporate it's another game, but I was in entertainment PR and so right. now people feel like well, I can promote myself by posting something on Instagram and right. they might not have any strategy behind what they're doing, but they feel that it's effective. And right. so, you know, 
you may be worth a three to four or five thousand a month retainer, but if they only want to give you one thousand or even insult your intelligence come and now. come with the five hundred, you're like, Well, what am I gonna do with that? You know, right. spend thirty days, you know, working for pennies. Right. Is that it just doesn't add up. Yeah. Okay. Well, your co founder for the Cut Life also has a PR background. How- Having does having a PR background give you both an advantage with building the business from the ground up? Yeah, I think it does. Um, Garmay, she currently still works in fashion PR, actually. Um, She works um, on bridal accounts mainly. So she does like bridal fashion week and all that fun stuff. But she had only been in PR for a couple of years. Like she got a fashion PR job. Mm hmm almost simultaneously to when we started the cut life because that's her dream like she's in into styling and all Mm -hmm. that sort of thing and so I had been in music entertainment for almost 10 years in addition to that so I feel like aesthetically yes her eye and the fact that she is just a fashion lover by nature really helped with us positioning the way like our Instagram looks and the way, you know, our logo and the aesthetic that we wanted for our brand to look. Um, but I think as far as like strategy, business development, um, writing proposals, pitching the business, mm-hmm. it definitely helped, you know, from my background for us to get a lot of those um, like initial projects off the ground because I knew how to talk speak the language right so you know I know right how to speak it was the a, it was a lot easier for you so between yeah. between the two of you you already mentioned that she kind of set the tone aesthetically who handles what aspect of the business and is there anyone else on your team yes so there are three core people that run the day-to-day so um Garmay Momolu who's the co-founder she's definitely like the aesthetics person, even though we honestly all post to all social media, okay. but she definitely set the tone. Um, so she, her main responsibility is managing the blog content and we have a staff of like four interns that contribute. So she manages all of them and assigns, you know, them, their work and mm-hmm. she edits all the blogs and makes sure that those new posts are going up every day. Um, and then Maya Table, who actually also happens to be my best friend, but she's not on board because of that. She's a very talented, um, she's our creative director, but she's mm-hmm. a very talented videographer and editor. And, you know, she's just super technologically savvy. And okay. so we brought her on um, to manage our website. Like we've had our website redesigned twice. Thanks it looks to her. really beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And she, she did all the web development for the directory. Um, she also does all of the editing for our videos on YouTube and shoots a lot of them as well. Um, and then just when it came down to like our brand presentations, she revamped all of those Mm -hmm. and, you know, even our creative boards, like she, put those together so that if other people work with us whether they're graphic designers or you know videographers or Mm -hmm. whomever they know what our brand aesthetic is they know what fonts we use what colors we use and so she's very like detailed when it comes to that and then she actually um started an ambassador program we have eight ambassadors that are in different parts of the country and 
in different parts of the world who create video content for us and their range in ethnicity, they range in gender, they range in, you know, cultural background and perspective. And they don't just blog about hair, but they blog about lifestyle things as well, like travel, mm-hmm. um, food, you know, how to's and all of that. So she manages them as well, just because it falls under the video okay. content umbrella. And then lastly, <laughs> it would be me, um, co-founder and, um, Maya jokes that I'm the get money girl of the crew. I mean, you <laughs> that, that's not an inaccurate label. That's a, that's a, you know, that's a good name for you because you, you are out here getting money. So. Yes. I try to be the get money girl of the crew. So mm-hmm. a lot of my day to day is about, pitching. um, pitching mm-hmm. brand partnerships, managing those brand partnerships partnerships, executing those brand partnerships. Um, I handle all of the stylist advertising and outreach for the directory. Um, Anything that has to do with brand partnerships and advertising, I am essentially the lead on it. I also handle our merchandising. We've actually are revamping um, our t-shirt merchandising, but we do have a product launching soon. I can't say what it is yet, but it's going to be very exciting and very cool. And it's going to be here this spring. So I'm really, really excited about that. Yeah. So honestly, yeah. Anything that that has to do with getting money in the door, I tend to be that person so that um, we can just keep this thing going. Um, That's the main thing. I love that. I, I love that so and speaking of keeping it going what or why do you think the cut life has been so successful I think it bought you know I get asked this question a lot and sometimes the 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 answer is the same but then honestly it's like one side of it I'm a very spiritual person and I feel that when you follow like God's voice, which is really like your intuition and your gut on what you're supposed to do, mm-hmm. then he will open doors that no man can shut and he'll create opportunities for you that some people wonder like how it even happened that way. So mm-hmm. a part of it for me is a very spiritual thing. But the other part of it, I think that the cut life has grown so much because it's really a community and it's a positive place you know, for people to engage, like we set the tone to have a really, you know, positive environment for feedback. We celebrate women. And, you know, when it comes to hair, Mm -hmm. word of mouth is the biggest, you know, form of a referral. And so, you know, people are always tagging their friends on pictures, tagging their stylists. And so it just created this movement where it's like, okay, I need to be on the cut life. Even if I have long hair, they just like to look at the different inspiration, whether it's the color, whether it's the different cuts, the different textures. And it's just essentially this positive community of women supporting each other. And, you know, beyond just celebrating the amazing, you know, looks on these girls, it's also opened up doors for women to share their stories on because some women cut their hair by choice. Some right. of them cut their hair because they experienced an illness or mm-hmm. something going on in that, you know, respect. And then it's also a platform, as I've said before, for the stylist. So they're excited because they're like, okay, everything has been so DIY, but now there's finally an outlet for me to show my work as a professional. And so 
all these communities are communities that are used to sharing information right. and content and it's just grown. I actually looked at our stats, um, like through Statagram or one of those, mm-hmm. um, just to kind of see where our numbers were. And even after hitting a million within like two weeks, we jumped 6,000 more followers. And wow. of course it's not going to show the growth until we hit 1.1, but right. that's a right. hundred thousand new people. But right. it just goes to show like, we're still hitting like high spurts of traffic um, right. growth, even after hitting a million. So I'm excited to see where it's going to go and when it's going to finally like taper off a little bit. Uh, but it may not. It may not. <laughs> it, Hopefully it, not. Listen, <laughs> <laughs> it may not, but you started, you may have started the cut life on a whim, but when you see that, you know, your popularity or you started seeing some traction, which was obviously right away. And like we just discussed, it still continues. What are some things that you guys did uh, to be more purposeful in your approach? Well, I think the biggest thing was opening up the business outside of just myself and our co-founder. We Mm. realized that it it wasn't going to take just us to be at a certain level. And we're still striving for greatness. Like we want to be like Refinery29. We Mm want to be like Man Repeller and some of these bigger sites out there. And I think it's just going to take, you know, that team and the people that are going to really push you to greatness, like Maya coming on as our creative director, she's been on since September and we've seen leaps and bounds of growth just with the traffic on our website and the content that we're putting out there and really separating ourselves from just being an Instagram page and showing people that, no, this is a full on brand and I can find them on Instagram, but I can also find unique content on their site, on their YouTube, on Twitter, they're engaging their Facebook. So, um, yeah, I think just setting ourselves apart in that way and we really look at it as a business and we are feel responsible, you know, for holding up a certain standard, especially now that we have ambassadors that have their own followings that right. are pro- providing content to us. And we have interns that are looking to us for guidance right. and they're getting exposure, you know, on our platform to pursue their dreams. So I think that it makes you push yourself harder because you see that it's bigger than you. Right. And, um, and then it's a positive platform. Like it's something that I feel happy talking about and I'm not ashamed of it. I can tell like this is like, even though joy is in your name, I feel the joy. Yay! (laughs) I I feel, and, and I love that. And the, the thing for me is that I know a lot of people because obviously my background is PR. So when you talked about that disconnect that you started feeling or you felt you felt like there was more that you could do, I understand that. And a lot of people understand that. So to see you and you know in this place now of literally pure joy and to be working on something every day that the sky is the limit and you can build it and there's nobody, like you said, dictating a budget or different things like that that can stifle you, I just have to say congratulations. Thank you. And I have to blow your mind because you know my full name, well, my first and middle name actually means pure joy well look at that well look at god (laughs) yes tahira tahira means pure in arabic wow well there you go 
There, there you, you go. There you go. <laughs> my, my parents were on to something. My dad actually named me and he was on to something. <laughs> Clearly, they, they knew the life that you were going to lead. They had a feeling about it. Another thing that I love that you talked about that has now become like a common thread in the interviews that I've done on this podcast is the importance of a team. And while you and Garmay are the visionaries, you have to be able to open that up and bring more people in so that you can grow and expand accordingly. So I think for anybody listening right now, if you're working on something, start thinking about what that next step will look like when it's time for you to to grow your business. Because again, that is the only way to grow. You you can only get so far um, with just yourself or or potentially a co-founder. So I love that you touched on that. Yeah, it's difficult because, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs have that type it's like a mixture of type a and b personality Mm -hmm. because you're probably mostly type a but then you're also creative right and and flexible and a Mm -hmm. risk taker but yeah you have to relinquish that control and it can be one of the hardest things to do but it's so rewarding once you do it and when you have people that you can just trust to do the work and that just frees you to do even more of what you need to do because you know beyond me being the co-founder in so many, in a sense, I've become a face of the brand as well. So I'm being featured in campaigns mm-hmm. and press and speaking on panels and doing podcast interviews with wonderful people like Sakita. So yeah, so <laughs> mm-hmm. it's like, you know, I have to be able to have time right. to do those things as well as go get some money for this company. Right. Right. So you need other people there that are supportive and that, you know, are understanding and are able to just work at 100% within their own lane so right. that we can get this job done. Because it's, I mean, it's it's work. Mm-hmm. Uh, the cut life is fun, but there's a lot of work involved that people don't really see. Okay. And I, I know people are going to be wondering uh, this because everybody right now is, is using social media to build a business. At any point over the past two and a half years, have you guys used paid advertising to grow the Instagram community or on any other platforms that you on, you're on? And if not, is that something that you would consider doing in the future? You mean like paying for followers or something? No, like no, that? hell no. Girl, please. Because I was about to say, <laughs> no, no, every no. follower has see, been earned. See, here's, here's <laughs> the thing I wouldn't even have you on this show if I thought. <laughs> That's what y'all were doing. No, I mean paid advertising, like, you know, going through the Facebook platform, buying the cut life specific right, ads right, right, right. And, okay, and doing yeah. it that way. I'm glad you I'm glad you said that though, because I need to make it clear to every listener. Do not do that. Do not buy followers, do not buy likes, do not buy comments. But if you're gonna advertise your business through Google AdSense or Facebook, Instagram, Twitter ads, that is what we're talking about. Just be clear. Absolutely. No, <laughs> So we do currently use Google AdSense for our website and for our YouTube page. Okay. Um, and we haven't purchased any advertising through Facebook yet, but I'm okay. sure we will um, okay. in the near future. But so far, you know, of course, Instagram is the mammoth of all social right. networks for us. But our Facebook is starting to grow. Like we hit 11,000 likes recently, which is pretty good. Like the engagement is increasing. Mm-hmm. Twitter is still our slow moving baby. But, you know, I think that for us, 
Instagram and Facebook are probably the most important. Right. Um, and then, of and obviously our YouTube. Like, when Maya started, I think we had maybe a thousand subscribers and now we might be at eight to 10,000 subscribers on YouTube. So it's growing. I think it's a lot of times it's just constant promotion because when people find you on a particular platform and that's your most popular platform, they don't necessarily know that you exist anywhere else. So we're constantly posting blog teasers to let people know to go to our website and posting video clips to let people know to visit the YouTube. And we're actually um, sponsoring our first major event. Um, We'll be at BeautyCon in Dallas on March 19th. And so we'll have a booth there. And um, Carol's daughter is actually on board with us as well. But Mm -hmm. this is like our first, we've done events before, but this is our first time spending like, Real some, fun ch- some change, mm-hmm. some, some right. coins. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. when I get that bill for the power and audio <laughs> visuals and all that good stuff, I'm like, oh, okay. So, so this is what this world is like, huh? Right, right. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's just about, you know, increased exposure for our brand. And even though right. we have 1 million Instagram followers, we don't take for granted that everyone automatically knows who we are and so we want to continue to expand our brand presence and just let people know that we're serious about what we're doing and so this is a great opportunity for us and we'll continue to do more and we know that people want to kind of touch and feel and get to know like who who is behind the cut life right what is this brand about so um we're really excited about that and we'll definitely go back to essence we've done that before and BET weekend and all that good stuff so you know we're just continuing to grow and be a force yeah I like that you touched on the fact that okay we're you know Instagram is obviously our priority it's where we have the largest audience but it's very important that we also let people know we're on other platforms because sometimes I find you know whether I'm working with my clients or just for my own um, you know personal brand or or podcast that I I don't I feel a certain kind of way because I'm like should I post this thing on every platform that I'm on, but it's important because the people following me on Twitter may not be following me on Instagram. The people right. following me on Snapchat may not follow me anywhere else. And I've had, if it's one, if it's even one person that says, oh my God, I just, you know, somebody just said, I, I just found the podcast on Instagram and I'm like, shit, because for a long time I was just not posting enough about it there. So I'm like, I, it was a reminder to me that it's just very important not to kind of feel I guess, icky about promoting your business or whatever you're doing on multiple platforms. Like, obviously, find a, a different way to talk to each audience. But I love that you talked on on the importance of that. And I think my key tip would be what, whatever you're posting on your social media outlets to redirect people to your website on all platforms. And I say that because... Instagram is free to use, Facebook is free to use, Twitter is free to use, etc. But we don't own those. But you do own your URL. Like if you have a site that you purchased through GoDaddy and you purchase your theme and had it built and all that, like that's what you own and you want to drive traffic there 
because if Instagram shuts down or something happens, you still have that property, you know, with your site. And so that's for us is of the utmost importance now is really building the traffic on livethecutlife.com. So we're always redirecting people there and of course to the directory. But I would say that, you know, wherever you're promoting, always redirect people to a central location that you own so that you can build that traffic there. That's that's a great tip. I want to move forward now and really talk about you you mentioned some of these things. um, But what steps are you guys taking to turn the cut life fans into customers? Well, I think that it all boils down to understanding our brand and maintaining the quality of it, because we've been approached by the tea companies, <laughs> the teeth whitening companies, right. like all that sort of stuff, which, hey, not knocking anybody getting their money, but we're very conscious of making sure that whatever brands we work with, that they reflect our brand messaging and that these are products that we've actually tried. And so what that does, it basically just builds trust with your audience so that when you're developing your own products, they're more likely to trust you because they see that we maintain a certain level of quality and that we're not just posting about any and everything because the consumer is a lot smarter than media can give them credit for and tries to act like they don't know the difference between when something is organic and genuine versus when you're just trying to sell them something for the sake of selling it. Mm -hmm. And so we'll turn things down left and right. I can't tell you how many IG boutiques we've said no to Mm -hmm. in regards to advertising and they're willing to spend the money to advertise on our platform. Right. But we're like, you know, this is not what we're about. Like it has to make sense. And you know, we've advertised clothing before, but it was a particular brand that used short hair models and the quality of their images was like on next level. So it just made sense. And we were fans of the brand, but just as far as like getting a check from anywhere, we won't do it. And so we just kind of want to set up that same level of quality and it pours into everything else that we do. So for instance, when you look at the directory and how I said it's a curated list, we consider it our little black book of the best short hair stylists. We're standing behind that because we want people to know that, Hey, we're not just going to take any stylist money, you know, to be listed in this directory and their work is trash. Like we're going to at least say, even if we haven't gone to the salon ourselves to see them, they at least present themselves to be of a certain caliber. And so That's what I think that's just important for us and just making sure that the quality level is there and letting the audience know that they can trust us and that we're not just going to sell them something random for the sake of making a dollar. Because, I mean, we could. I see it happen every day. It's happening right now as we speak. (laughs) Yeah, it's about about longevity for us. And we know that people are watching us that aren't even telling us they're watching us from celebrities to people that work with brands to media outlets like they're paying attention to the moves that we're making so we're just very strategic about it okay so speaking you know continuing on this this customer uh, tangent uh, we talked about merchandise we talked about brand partnerships we talked about the new the cut life directory 
com. How else is your brand making money? Are there other streams of revenue? And I'm asking this question because I, I really want people to understand the possibilities and also the potential to, to really take you know, digi- a digital-based business in so many different directions. Right, right. So main, the main ways we're making revenue now is through advertising and merchandising. So okay. merchandising um, through products that we're creating and developing and putting out into the market. And then also um, with advertising, it's from stylists that advertise with us, advertise their work with us via social media, um, brand partnerships, whether it's social media contests and campaigns, um, you know, advertising on our website, and then also Google AdSense because they do pay uh, based on like your traffic. So we mm-hmm. do gain revenue um, through that platform as well. Um, and those are the main ways right now that we're currently, um, generating revenue, but we have been in talks with the app development, kind of getting more into the technology space. So I'm sure there'll be some opportunities that come from there and sort of developing projects within the products, I'm sorry, within the technology space that are um, revenue generating. So that's sort of the next phase that we're going into. And we consider the directory as a part of the advertising revenue piece as well. So those are um, basically the two main broad areas where we're getting revenue. Okay, so despite how people like to downplay social media... Oh, sorry, and appearances. Okay, so despite how people like to downplay social media, even in 2016, the markers of success for most businesses today revolve around social media metrics and how many fans or followers someone has. And, you know, that's just the way it is. When you're out pitching or talking about the cut life, do you find that people uh, may dismiss the community that you've built? No. (laughs) Not at all, huh? Not at all. I find that um, people were open to building with us even at 10,000 or 100,000 followers. But Mm -hmm. 1 million has become a a completely different level to where if I email a brand that I don't have any relationship with, it could be as simple as contacting their info email on their website Mm -hmm. for whatever reason. Well, I mean, not for whatever reason, but clearly for the obvious reason, for the obvious (laughs) reason, when they see, you know, the amount of traffic that we have and they go on there and actually see that, okay, this is real. These are real numbers, real engagement. This isn't a joke. Then they're 99.9% open to at least having a conversation and how we sell it from there you know, is up to us. I would say that the numbers in a sense do matter because it's open doors. People are willing to listen to you when you say 1 million of anything. They're like, okay, that's, that's, that sets you apart because that's more than some celebrities have, you know? So it may, it does make a difference or it's on par with people, you know, that have a huge, you know, platform for exposure. So they're looking at it and asking the same questions you're asking me. Like, mm-hmm. how did you guys gain that following and that because audience? They're because they're trying to do the same thing. Right. And it's not something that happens every day. And you can't deny social media. I can go on to watch TV 
and see a Ritz commercial and they're telling me to go to Pinterest to get recipe ideas. So it's ingrained in the media, you know, and not just online. So you, you can't really ignore it. And I think that if you understand the tools and how they work and which tools make sense for your business, because I am a firm believer that not every business needs every single form of social media. You kind of need to know where your audience is and what makes the most sense. I mean, for us, because we are a digital platform, it kind of makes sense for us to be on all of the key outlets. But Mm -hmm. you have certain businesses where, you know, you might have an older female demographic with disposable income and maybe they're all on Facebook and you might have 100,000 Facebook followers and 100 Instagram followers. So it's like, hey... Clearly, you know where your content needs to be because that's where your audience is. And I think if people are strategic and kind of get away from just thinking that social media is about gossiping and like silly stuff, then they can see, oh, it really is actually a tool and you can actually monetize it and generate income from it. That's true. I I love that you said uh, for people that, you know, may still be on the fence or skeptical about social media that these numbers having the numbers that you have you guys have on on Instagram and all your other platforms open doors that is really 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 important because you know as we go into further into 2016 and beyond that's what matters that's what people want to hear that's what they want to see and usually if you're pitching a business the very you know when I'm pitching clients instead of sending them to the website I send them to their social media pages because that's what people care about right like you know and that's just the world we live in so I love that you say the numbers open doors uh, that that's super important so I want to talk about like there are a ton of curated Instagram accounts these days, you know, they focus on different niches, especially in a beauty space. If somebody was thinking about launching a digital or social media first brand or business tomorrow, what advice would you give them? You know, I would say first, when you have your idea, do your research I think sometimes people have an idea and don't even think to look to see what's even out there because there's really nothing new under the sun sometimes. Mm -hmm. And so we'll have an idea like, oh, this is just such a unique idea. But then you realize that, oh, the name is already taken. It's not available. There's already like a thousand other sites that are just like this. And, you know, even when it comes down to people seeing they're seeing like these um, Instagram or YouTubers that are doing makeup tutorials. And now it's like a lot of people want to do makeup tutorials. Some of them can't even really do makeup at all. And I'm wondering why they're doing it, but it's like, (laughs) okay, well, what are you bringing to the game? That's different. You know, like what is, what is your niche? Like Mm -hmm. what's going to make you stand out? You know, what's your brand message? And also just thinking about, what you're even calling your brand. Some people come up with the most complicated names for things that are not memorable at all yes. and have a bunch of dashes and underscores. This, this and is your PR acumen coming out. <laughs> it is. I'm like, keep it, keep it simple, you know, keep it simple, keep it relatable, you know, make it memorable and, you know, don't make it so complicated in the attempts to be different. Like the cut life is such a simple name, but it, it clearly resonates, you know, it's like, Oh, 
the cut life, like living the cut life. Mm -hmm. Okay. I get it. You know? And I think that, you know, that's what people have to consider. Cause I did research. I Googled short hair blogs Mm -hmm. and was like, what's out here. And there was hardly anything out there at all. There might've been a couple pages about some pixies, Mm -hmm. but there was really no engagement. The way that the content was presented didn't seem fresh and cool and edgy to me. And, that's what signifies short hair in my mind. So I'm like, it should sick, you know, the, the pages and the content should reflect what living the short hair lifestyle really is. And you're right. a bold, sexy, sassy individual. So you don't want to be on like a boring page. So, you know, I think looking at all of that makes a difference and then really just digging into what you're passionate about being consistent. Like, I will unfollow people in a minute if they post a picture one day and then four weeks later, they're posting something. I'm like, well, if you're not engaged on social media, there's no need for me to follow you. Like you need to do something else. So that's a, that's a great, that's a great point. Uh, So, you know, we talked about there's so there's no really new ideas, or at least we haven't seen them. There's a lot of things that are similar. But what can an existing business do, right, to take their, let's speak specifically to Instagram, take their Instagram marketing to the next level? Like, maybe just think of, like, what is one thing they could do today as soon as they uh, finish listening to this? You know what? I think you have to understand what your brand aesthetic is. If you don't have one, come up with one and make sure that you're consistent in the types of content that you're posting and just being very, I mean, even with stylists that we talk to, I feel like we consult them as well because we're like, look, you need to have clear images with good lighting. You can take a really great picture with an iPhone if you have some good lighting and a clean background. And, you know, these dirty bathroom mirror pics are not going to work. You know, (laughs) just making sure you're consistent with the quality of what you're putting out there and that it's consistent with your message and what you're trying to convey. If you're someone that's selling, I don't know, cupcakes and lollipops, then you're not going to put a bunch of things that have like black and gray and dreary mm-hmm. and boring. You're going to put like bubbly pictures and pictures that are bright with the, with good lighting and fun. And, you know, you just have to know like what your brand is. And I think a lot of people, they're just posting stuff, but there's like no rhyme or reason to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, even down to the quotes, like if I can see if you screenshot something and the quote doesn't fit in the whole box and there's letters cut off, just right. don't don't post that quote, like find right. something else to post. And you have to just be very conscious and aware of what you're doing. And there's nothing wrong with looking at other pages for inspiration to kind of see like, OK, well, pages that have a big following, how do their pages look? And what are some tips that I can grab from them to make the quality of my page look good? And if you have to go through today and delete some stuff, just delete, delete it, you know, clean up your page, make it look good. One of my biggest pet peeves is when people are following like 2,500 people. Yeah. 
and have like a hundred people following them, that's not good. You always want your followers to be more than who you're following because that signifies a certain level of exclusivity. It signifies that you actually do have a following and you're not just gaining followers because you're following everyone under the sun. And if it's your business, you want to make sure that the people you're following on your business page reflect the business. You can follow plies i guess <laughs> on your personal page uh-huh. but on your business page it's like plies has nothing to do with the cut life right and and he, we were he following probably, him, well they he, would he, th- i was about to say he's not looking at the cut life but he might be because <laughs> i mean he might be because there's some bad chicks on right there, but and that's fine for him to look but it's like if we're following him it's sort of like that's that's just not what we need to pop up on our explore page like that's not relevant to our brand so you have to be very conscious of that because it all it all does make sense you know Mm -hmm. people are watching and they'll go through and see who you're following and we notice even in beauty a lot of the same people are connected to each other so just being aware okay and would you say there's an ideal daily post frequency or you know what do you think the best and worst times of the day to post what do you think about that I think it depends because with inspiration pages like ours, we could post up to 10 images a day and kind of spread them out throughout the day. And we have such a high level of engagement that there might be a time when I'm up and bored and just post a fly picture at 1 a.m. and it might still get 10,000 likes Mm -hmm. because that's just the level of engagement. But I think you have to kind of look at what type of business you have like if you're selling something I wouldn't say post the sale four times in a row I would say at least put some images in between the sale posts to kind of break it up a bit you know and kind of you just kind of have to and as far as like the time of day that's just subjective to the audience it just depends like you'll have to kind of test it out and see when you're getting the most level of engagement but I will say that it seems that usually lunchtime, noon to two Eastern. And then like after six Eastern is when traffic is higher because people are on their lunch break or they got off of work. So they're more likely to be on social media during those times. Okay. Well, you share so, 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 so many amazing tips uh, today. I I really think that, you know, whoever listens to this, they're going to walk away, you know, and they're probably going to get right on their social media platforms. Like, let me delete this whole shit. (laughs) Like, like, let me just start over. And you probably will get some phone calls for some consultations. So if that's something you actually want to do, I know you mentioned it earlier. I'm, I'm sure people will be lined up at your door. But what is something, and we can close on this, what can we expect you said you have a new um product uh coming out that we should be uh, on the lookout for this year but what is something else that we can expect from the cut life next i would say just expect us to continue to expand as far as um being more front-facing events i think that 
consumer events are what we're missing and people want to see us more. So we're trying to produce more the Cut Life events so that we can touch people in different cities. Um, definitely continuing to focus a ton of en- a ton of energy on the directory because this is something that people have been demanding of us for a while. So we're trying to give the people what they want, and so hopefully they support that. Um, definitely, um, app development is something that is coming in the near future. Okay. Um, and just continuing establishing ourselves as the short hair authority. We want to cre- continue to create, you know, fun content from tutorials to product reviews to celebrity interviews. Um, we actually recently have been exercising our press muscle which is interesting coming from a PR background to actually act as press now Mm -hmm. but we had um, an ambassador in New York and one in LA covering press for the perfect match movie that's out now and we're going to be working on more movie projects soon looks like the barbershop new movie we'll be working with so that makes sense (laughs) yeah definitely and it's called the next cut or something so i'm like listen you you in there it it, why even pitch like right you see us (laughs) we should be all over it but yeah so we're definitely just continuing and we're and expanding we're short hair is always going to be our focal point and it's our focus for the brand but we're showing the lifestyle side of it too so that's why you can see on our website that we have different content, whether it's healthy recipes or we're talking about relationships and sex and we're talking about, you know, just different issues and Mm -hmm. doing the movie screenings like so that it's bigger than just the hair aspect. But the short hair is what kind of ties it all together. Well, well, that's amazing. And I wish you guys the absolute best. Um, Thank you. You know, worked with you in the past. It was amazing. Obviously a, a great uh, experience. And I, I'm so happy to to have you on the show because I just really want to have these types of conversations because it allows people to realize what's possible, right? It allows people to see, okay, uh, maybe I'm making this mistake or maybe I need to go in this direction. So to be able to have you here to tell your story, I, I'm just... So happy to to continue to do this. So thank you. Same here. Thank you for having me. This has been enlightening. I think every time I have this type of conversation, it it reignites my fire. Because sometimes in your day-to-day, you can get overwhelmed with so much. But when you're able to talk it out and really appreciate, you know, how far you've come, it pushes you to go further. And congrats on everything that you're doing. Thank you. And I know we'll continue to collaborate and have conversations and push each other to the next level. Absolutely.